I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Are you glad? Amen. Hey, welcome this morning to Aldersgate United Methodist Church. Those of you who are here in the room and those who are looking in from online, we are glad that you're here. My name is Pastor Gary Brooks, and along with Pastor Maria Penrod, we welcome you. Some have asked, when's Pastor Daniel coming back? He'll be back Friday. He's up to bat next week. (laughs) Been watching them Royals. Do you see what they did yesterday? (laughs) I saw a little bit of it. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yeah, except it's too hot to take me out. Pop the popcorn inside and enjoy the air conditioning. Well, we're glad that you're here, and um, I hope that you'll take note of announcements that are there. Uh, We've got a a food drive that's going to go on uh, during the month of September, and uh, you can be a part of that if you'd like. There's the women, the United Women in Faith are meeting this Thursday at 1030, Um, And there's a movie on the lawn on Saturday night. Uh, So pop some popcorn and come on over and um, uh, we'll we'll have fun. We continue our series, Back to the Basics, and uh, we know that you will be inspired by what we do here. At least we hope. I do need to make mention that uh, we do have some uh, funerals coming up this week. Uh, memorial service for Dixie Mills will be Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. here. A memorial service for Marge Hoffman, and that's the uh, mother of Kathy Clayton, uh, will be Friday at 10.30 here. And then with Jim and Susie Carter, uh, we mourn with them the passing of uh, their great-nephew, who was an infant, little Theo Flom that uh, has had significant challenges and he passed away this week. And so the the roses here on the altar were placed in his memory. All right. Now suddenly it's gotten quiet. Get over it. Bonnie, it's good to have you back. Wow, how good is that? Let's stand and turn and greet one another in Christian love. If you don't know someone, ask their name and tell them yours and make a lot of noise.
which is included in your bulletin or on the screens. From the dust of the earth, the Holy One breathed us into life. Yes, God, we are all connected. Shaped in God's image, God formed us with a purpose to create, to serve, to tend, to protect, to love. The life may flourish in all its forms. May the Spirit of the living God manifest in us. Please remain standing for the hymn of praise, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, and we'll sing the first, second, third, and fourth verses. thousand verses to a thousand yeah. <laughs> some Sunday we're just gonna sing them all they're all good I invite you to join with me in our invocation let us pray together our maker you love us as we are you love us too much to let us remain the same by the transforming power of your love we are a new creation made whole in Christ, we become the people of your peace, love, and shalom. Through our transformation, we transform our neighbors, our communities, and all creation. May it be so. Amen. Um, yeah, you can sit down. For our stewardship moment this morning, uh, I have a question for you all. Can you say yes? Great job. Okay, so yes is our annual youth fundraiser. Yes is an acronym for youth enrichment stock because when you buy yes stock, you're investing in our youth, in our youth program, and in our youth having experiences where they can grow in their faith and they can grow closer to God. Yes, stock is money that goes specifically to helping youth have experiences that allow them to grow in their faith and become the people God created them to be. Yes, helps kids afford camp. Uh, camp Horizon is usually around $300. Uh, last year, we paid for half the cost 
of all our middle and high schoolers who went to Camp Horizon. So what was $300 was now $150, especially for families that have multiple kids, that cost can add up really quickly. So this is a way to allow more kids to go and enjoy camp and, uh, and learn about God and how to live out their faith. Yes Funds also supported our mission trip. Um, we used Yes Funds to cut the cost of the mission trip down by 25% per participant. So originally, if you were going on the mission trip, you'd have to pay $400. Through Yes Stop, we were able to cut that down to $300 for every participant. Um, and Yes also paid for the vans that we took on the mission trip, the gas that we put in on those vans to get to Texas and back. Uh, it bought us lunch on the trip and uh, also paid for supplies, things like first aid kits, water, snacks, uh, important stuff like that. So if you are looking for a way to directly invest in our youth and invest in our youth having experiences that will grow their faith, grow their hearts for God, Yes Stock is the place for you to give. Um, if you would like to give online, uh, you can go to aldersgatechurch.org under our giving tab, uh, select Yes, Youth Enrichment Stock, and that money will go directly into the Yes Fund. Uh, the next three Sundays between services, we'll have our cute little Yes table out in the narthex, and some very friendly youth will be running that table, and you can make your donation then, and get a nice little sticker that says, I gave to Yes, as soon as I figure out how to print them. I have a week. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, can you say yes? yes? Awesome. Can the ushers come forward, please?
may be you may be seated except for our young disciples if they would like to come up to the front please Today, um, I want to talk about what are these? Sunflowers? Sunflowers? Sunflowers. You're all correct. Brilliant. So, where do sunflowers come from? Yes. Seeds. Seeds. Oh, so smart. You got it. So, sunflowers come from seeds. And how, how big are a sunflower seed? Have you seen them? Yeah, they're like this big. They're pretty little, right? Yeah. But then they grow into these big, ginormous sunflowers. Like, yeah. some of them are taller than me. You have sunflowers in your backyard? Yeah, That's... I planted them in my garden. Lorianne, is he telling the truth? Yes, okay. <laughs> I, had, I had to fact check that. I confirmed that, yes. That's awesome. How big are your sunflowers? Mm, they look like they're taller than our shed. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. You must be a really good gardener. No. My dad, it just kept raining that year. Uh-huh. It just kept raining and raining and raining until the next summer. Wow. That's wonderful. So you're exactly right. Sunflowers start as a little seed, and then they grow big. How do we make them grow big? What happens? Water? What else? Uh, what makes them grow big is the, is, is the stem and the leaves. The stem and the leaves. What do they need so they grow big? Water. Water and sun? Yeah. So... Uh, today in the sermon, we're going to learn that we're a little bit like seeds. We start out, and then God's love and grace is kind of like that water, and that sun makes us grow into who God created us to be. And that's what we call a transformation. So what I'm going to do is... I have way too many sunflowers. I was very ambitious about how many people would come to church on Labor Day weekend. Um, so we're going to pray. And then can you guys help me pass out some of these sunflowers to people who look like they might need a sunflower? Okay. And then um, when you see the sunflowers in your house this week, I want you to think about transformation and how God transforms us. Can you pray with me first? Okay. Loving creator, thank you for sunflowers. Thank you for your grace and love that transforms us. As we are transformed, may we transform our world. Amen.
As the children are passing out a few sunflowers, uh, I invite you to uh, stand as we read the gospel lesson. The gospel lesson this morning is from Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 25 through 34. I'll be reading from the NRSV updated edition, which is one of the newest editions there is, and I commend it to you. A large crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from a flow of blood for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his cloak, I will be made well. Immediately, her flow of blood stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my cloak? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, Who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling. She fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. I hope you're listening, because this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Pastor Gary, for reading our scripture this morning. Please go with me to God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. Today in our Back to Basics sermon series, we are talking about how Jesus transforms us. Life is full of transformations, whether we want them or not. There's the bittersweet transformation of a child starting kindergarten or a young person moving out from their parents' home. There are transformations that we eagerly anticipate like the cool fall breeze at the end of a blistering summer. Then there are the transformations that we dread, the ones we can barely watch, like someone we love wasting away due to illness or addiction. To be alive is to always be changing, to always be engaged in some sort of transformation. As you have probably gathered by now, our scripture this morning is about transformation. A woman who had been bleeding for many years pushes her way through a crowd to find Jesus. She believes that if she could only touch his clothing, she will be transformed. She believes that Jesus will heal her 
To understand what healing this woman would mean, we have to first understand the quagmire that she is in. The text tells us that she has been bleeding for 12 years and spent all her money on doctors who instead of making her better, have made her worse. With this information, we can conclude that she was once a woman of considerable wealth and status. But because she previously had money to spend on doctors, but now that she has run out of money, she has run out of options. Another important piece of context to keep in mind as we study this story is that this woman is Jewish. At this time, the Jewish people would be following the purity codes. According to the purity codes, people who are bleeding are considered ritually impure or unclean. Having bled for 12 years, this woman was ritually unclean for that entire time. Constantly in violation of the religious laws, she was considered a pariah, an outcast. She would not be able to see her family or be in community with others at all due to her illness. To push through the crowd in hopes of being healed by Jesus, she is taking a big risk. An unclean woman, bumping elbows with all these people, touching the clothing of Jesus, an important rabbi, she could be in big trouble. But the woman is desperate for healing. She is desperate for transformation. And she believes that Jesus can heal her. She understands that transformation requires risk. It requires her to break the rules that govern their community. She has the audacity to think she is more than the unclean label they have given her. She knows she is worthy of healing. So she reaches through the crowd, through the mob of bodies pressed against Jesus and she touches his cloak. Her bleeding immediately stops, and she knows that she is healed. Jesus has felt her touch. He asks who touched him. The disciples give him a confused and maybe a little concerned look. He's in a mob of people trying to get close to him. Many people have touched him. But the woman comes forward trembling. As an unclean person, she knows she has broken the religious laws by entering the crowd and by touching Jesus. She falls down before Christ and tells him the whole story. Jesus has compassion for her. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Physically, 
The woman is healed when her fingertips graze Jesus's clothes, but she is still ashamed. She is still hurting. She's still ostracized from her community. Trembling and terrified, she confesses to Jesus that she, an unclean woman, is the one who touched him. Jesus would have been well within the laws of the time to punish her for what she did. He could have been vindictive, but Jesus doesn't do that. He does not punish this woman. Jesus shows her grace. He commends her faith. He tells her to go and live healed. It is Jesus's words, his compassion and his grace that heals the emotional scars, shame and trauma that 12 years of sickness have caused this woman. Jesus calls her daughter. Jesus claims her as his own, a beloved child of God. Jesus does not only heal the woman's physical ailment, he heals her shame and her hurt. He heals her of her loneliness by restoring her to her community. After 12 years of being an outcast, she can finally see her loved ones again. This story has a lot to teach us about transformation. The Greek word that Mark uses here, it's a fun one. The Greek word that Mark uses here is sozo. Sozo gets translated differently throughout the gospels. Sometimes, like in this story, it's translated as healed or made well. It can also be translated to the word saved, the word salvation, or the word liberation. Sozo is a word for holistic healing. It does not mean a band-aid or a quick fix. It is transformation. In our story, Jesus does not only heal the woman's physical illness, he also relieves her emotional suffering and restores her back to her community. It is a full healing. It is a transformation. Importantly, this miracle is not a secret. It is not private. It happens in the middle of town in broad daylight. Jesus heals an unclean woman in front of a crowd. The whole town witnessed her transformation. Couldn't Jesus have just healed her privately? Why did it have to be public? As we can see from the holistic approach to healing that Jesus takes, healing is not just about one person. It's about us. Jesus does not seek to only transform us as individuals. He transforms us as a community. That means all of us. Imagine the ripple effects that this miracle had on those who witnessed it. Mark does not tell us, 
But I imagine that after seeing how Jesus loved an unclean woman, people thought twice before they stomped on folks who were sick or otherwise considered unclean. I believe their hearts were transformed, converted to compassion for their unclean and outcasted siblings. Jesus transforms us to be agents of his grace and love, spreading it to others, transforming our communities. With every miracle in the Gospels, Jesus gives us a little peek into the kingdom of God, where everything that sin has broken will be made right. Jesus transforms us, transforming our communities into places where the image of God is honored in all people, where everyone can be who God created them to be, and where everyone has what they need to survive and can experience shalom, equity, and love. Jesus's healing miracles are not just stories in an ancient book. Jesus is still transforming our hearts, healing our prejudices, our apathy, and our sin, restoring us to beloved community. My hope is that you open your heart to transformation this week. What is God trying to transform in your life? What is God trying to transform in your school or workplace? What is God transforming in Wichita, in Kansas, in the United States? Siblings in Christ, God loves us too much to let us remain the same. If we are open to it, like the woman in our story was today, Jesus transforms us into agents of his grace, justice, and love transforming our communities into the kingdom of God. May it be so. Amen. Please join in our hymn of prayer as the deer. We will sing it through twice.
We come to our service of communion, and I would like to make sure that you have the cordial invitation of our Lord Jesus Christ to remember him and all that he has done for us. You do not have to be a member of the Aldersgate United Methodist Church. You just have to be one who seeks the transformation that God provides in Christ. We begin our service by sharing together a prayer of confession. And I would invite you to join with me in it. It's printed in your bulletin or is on the screen. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now hear the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the messages of life and hope that you provide to us. May we have ears to hear and eyes to see your working in our midst to bring about wholeness in our lives, in our churches, in our families and in our communities and world. We grieve when we see division and discord in so many areas of our communities and world. We hurt when, when we hear of, of schools starting and, and children bringing guns to school. Lord, help us to mend our ways. Our hearts go out to uh, the brokenness in Jackson, Mississippi, as people are longing for a drink of clean water. And we pray that you would be with those in parts of our world that have too much water or, or, or not enough. And for those who are in the midst of war, why, oh God, why? Yet in the midst, you have chosen to meet us. And for that, we are grateful. We ask that you would meet those who are hurting this day, that you would be with the family of Dixie Mills, with the family of Marge Hoffman, with the family of infant Theo Flom, with Dee Dee Snively, Dennis Morris, Stephanie Patterson, Mary Brody, Lynn Blankenship, Virginia Kaufman, Francis Steele, Matthew Marin, and a friend to many in our church, Dr. Roger Tobias. Lord, we don't understand why bad things must happen to good people, but we do understand that as you gathered with your disciples in that room long ago, you gave new meaning to the elements that were used to commemorate the Passover. 
as you took bread, bread that they were eating, and, and you blessed it, and you, you broke it, and you gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And somehow that backwards is forwards, that in your brokenness, we are made whole. Likewise, you took the cup from which all were drinking, and you gave it new meaning. You said, this is the cup of a new covenant, ratified by the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of sins, not just of the Hebrew people, but the sins of the whole world. And so we are forever grateful and mindful of your gift. Make these elements of bread and wine be the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that we may be your faithful disciples who witness to the good news that you transform us with. Guide us now as we partake. Build us together as a community. Help us to feel one together in Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that uh, we pray the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As the servers are coming to prepare themselves, I invite you to prepare yourselves for uh, this holy meal.
turn on my microphone. Would you join with me in the prayer following communion? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves to others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us go forth to serve in ministry by singing, Lord, dismiss us with thy blessing, and we will sing all the verses. Friends, God loves us too much to let us remain the same. Open your hearts to transformation, and through our transformation, let's transform our world. Go in peace.